Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to the Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis Show, aired every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Cat Cannabis is the international best-selling author of Surviving Cancerland, Intuitive Aspects of Healing, and the host of Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod TV show. Together, we will explore cutting-edge insights and philosophies in health, wealth, and relationships. Cat's guests will be ordinary people with extraordinary stories. Now, here is your host, Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. Welcome to the show tonight, everyone. We have a great guest for you. Um, he is quite astonishing. So what do bird watching, business coaching, and Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod have in common? Well, the answer is successful businessman John Robinson, for a start. And John Robinson is the author of Birding, for everyone, encouraging people of color to become bird watchers, and has worked as a wildlife biologist and professional for nearly 30 years, including in the U.S. Department of Agriculture and U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services. And he has led bird watching tours all over the world. He's a big environmental advocate, and his mission is to encourage all people, but especially minorities, to learn about the the natural world. So we're going to bring John on now to ask him why it is so important to encourage minorities to learn about the natural world. So welcome to the show, John Robinson. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that grand introduction. <laughs> so, John, I, I just I'm I'm so intrigued. Why is it really Im- especially important for minorities to learn about the natural world? Why Why wouldn't they know about it? Well, you know, this is a great question, and I remember working with the first group of inner city kids in Oakland, California. I met a 17-year-old girl in high school, and she shared something with me. She said, I've never been to the Sierra Nevada mountains, which is just three hours away. But more importantly, she said, I've never been to the Pacific Ocean, which was 45 minutes away. And she was already 17 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I just want you to think about that answer for just a moment, um, because really is a reflection of what I found in my research, which is that when you go visit the national parks and the national forests, as I've been doing for decades, oftentimes you don't see people of color uh, as frequently as you would like to. And so we want to generate a greater interest among minorities and inner city kids in nature and the outdoors. And the reason why it's so important is because as they grow up and become voting Americans, we want them to elect people in office who will cherish and, uh, and, and feel that it's important to conserve and save our natural resources like Yosemite and Yellowstone National Parks. Oh, you know, and, and it really is so important. Our, you know, our birds, uh, our, our birds are a great sign of our healthy environment. 
when we have a lot of birds out our front windows, out our back windows, it means that our property where we're living is healthy because they're able to find food and shelter. And so that's one of the first things to go when our environment is not healthy. And so it's it's like one of those divining rods that lets us know, uh-oh, something's wrong. So how did you actually become a bird watcher? Where where did that come from? Well, <laughs> bird watching, you know, I actually started doing it when I was in college, but uh it, it, it really started before then. I was actually in the sixth grade, and I read this book by Jack London. You might have heard of it. It's called Call of the Wild. Mm-hmm. I have. And I love it. At, yeah. And after I read that book, I said, in the sixth grade, I said to my teacher and my mother, I want to be a biologist. <clears throat> now, I actually enrolled in a biology curriculum when I went to Iowa State University, and that was in the late 1970s. And my goal was to become a professional biologist, live in Alaska, and study <laughs> wolves. <laughs> that was my, my goal until I took one of the mandatory classes that I needed to graduate, which was ornithology, the study of birds. And the very first time I stepped into that classroom, the professor came up to the podium and he said, there's 8,600 species of birds known to man at that time. And I only knew about five. And it, it really humbled me that I, I knew so little about a group of animals that numbered 8,600 across the planet. And I became so fascinated by birds that from that point on, all my waking hours were consumed by a desire to learn more about them. So that's how I got started. That's me. What a great story. So I know that the federal government has actually recognized you for superior service with um, several special achievements award. But right now you are currently serving as president of On My Mountain, Inc. Can you tell us a little bit about that? that? Yeah, I actually actually started uh, On My Mountain in 1994. And uh, it has served for over two decades now as an environmental consulting group where I've helped uh, other conservationists, environmental educators, government agencies uh, at the state and at the federal level do what they do better and faster and more efficiently. So I, I help people learn more about birds. I help them teach others to learn more about birds and nature and the outdoors. So really that's what On My Mountain is there for. And uh, so we're currently entering our third decade now of work there. Mm, That's amazing. And they actually published uh, your consummate work, that comprehensive North American bird reference book, which is CD and ROM also. So, um, you know, it's a multimedia program then, and it's uh, what I read, it received international recognition and sold more than 100,000 copies. That just kind of blew me away. So tell us how our listeners can can get your book and your CD-ROM. Yeah, um, almost everything that anyone wants to know about me will be on my website. So that website is very simple. It's on my mountain. So it's O-N-M-Y mountain.com forward slash press 
Page, P-R-E-S-S-P-A-G-E, onlymountain.com forward slash press page. And, of course, if you do have a question for me, uh, you can always ask it on the website. But if you're listening to this live, you can actually call in right now live and uh, speak speak to us live and ask a question uh, in real time. Yes, and the call-in number, if you're if you're listening, if you're in your car or if you're at home listening on the computer, the call-in number is 646-929-1546. So you can call in, um, and it looks like we've got a caller. You can call in to ask John any questions. And I, I, I read, John, that you actually single-handedly wrote all the species accounts and computer program code. For the CD-ROM, is that is that true? Yes, uh, I actually started writing in 1975, so I've actually been writing for 40 years. Um, writing has been a passion of mine. I'm not afraid to pick up the pen and sit down and begin writing something. Um, this project actually started in 1998 in June. Mm-hmm. I told I told my wife I'm going to create a multimedia CD-ROM. Uh, it had never been done before single-handedly. I mean, usually a group of people work on these things. So my wife said, oh, that sounds nice. And uh, 12 months <laughs> later, in June of 1999, it, it was released to the world. And uh, it just it, it, it continues to sell even to this day. But it has bird pictures, range maps, uh, bird songs in there, natural history information about all of the birds, how many eggs they lay, what they eat. So almost anything you want to know about the birds of North America, and there's over 922 of them, uh, you can find on that CD-ROM. And, of course, if you have a question on how to identify a bird, uh, you know, some of the birds you might see in your backyard, uh, don't be afraid to call in and ask your most burning question on bird identification. (laughs) Well, I think we've got one now. So are you ready to, to take on our first caller? I'm always ready. <laughs> okay, great. Hold on. Let me bring him on. Hi, you're live on the Wicked Housewives on, Ca- on Cape Cod radio show, Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis Show, and your name is? Hello? 631, six, you're live. Uh, maybe they're... 631, um, you're live. Well, maybe they'll come in, maybe they won't. We'll we'll see if they come back. Uh they may have walked away from the phone. Uh so let's uh let's talk about what your current project is right now and why it is so important. Well, yeah, we had talked about me connecting inner city kids to nature and the outdoors. We've kind of gone over a little bit about why this project is so important. Um I actually got started on it in 1999. Um, when I was sitting in a hotel room in Kernville, California, I just published my fourth book, and I was asking myself, gee, I wonder what my fifth book would be. And as I began asking that question, I realized, you know, it's interesting. Every time I go across the United States, and by the way, I'm an African-American author, so I tell this Mm -hmm. story, it makes sense now. But every time I go across the United States to go bird watching in a new place, all the local birders would come running up to me and say, oh, my gosh, I've never seen a black bird watcher before. And <laughs> it's, it's, it's not like I was watching blackbirds, you know. So um, I kept asking myself, why is this happening? And that's when I realized 
they're right. There's not that many African-Americans or other minorities out watching birds. So I began researching that, and I realized many other people wanted to know this information as well. So I set it as my goal to produce a book that contains information uh, that explains why we see so few minorities involved in nature and the outdoors and what we can do about it to connect more youth, especially inner city youth and minorities, um, you know, reaching out to them by the third grade to get them interested in nature and the outdoors. So that's my current project. And that's a big project. That That is wonderful. Let's see if uh, we've got our – hello, 631, you're live. We'll probably get 631 on just at the end of the show, but for some reason we can't okay. seem to get him to come in live. So yeah. um, <laughs> when did you first have the idea to turn your passion into a business? Because we talk to people all the time who have hobbies. They come on the show, they've got a hobby, and they never really make the jump or make the transition from hobby into business. When did you decide to do that, and how did you decide to do that? Um, well, if we go back to college, I was actually a, uh, uh, taking a computer class in college, and um, I took a Fortran computer class, and I found it to be quite daunting. I actually passed. I got a B in it. But I mm-hmm. thought, wow, that is a very difficult class. I'll never be a computer programmer. That is exactly the message I gave myself when I was in college. Now, I'm going to fast forward to 1993 because that's mm-hmm. when I decided I'm going to turn my passion into a business. And the way that I did that is I actually had gotten interested in databases. I created my own database of my bird sightings, and I was showing it to one of my best bird-watching friends, and he looked at it, and he was amazed at how quickly I could retrieve any bird sighting from years past. And he said the magic words, I want that. And that was the first time I even knew that I even had something that could be turned into something that would be commercial in nature. So that was 1993. It was in October. And I said, well, I think I can create that. All I have to do is program that into a computer program. And I ran right up against my self-image that I had given myself from college. This is where many people stop right there. And they never follow their dream because they don't see how they're going to get from point A to point B. And many times it's their own self-image. But I pushed through it. I said, I will be a computer programmer. I took a month off of work. I forced myself to learn how to program in uh, computer code. And the next May, I was able to start selling this software. So that's the success story there. That is amazing. We are going to take a quick break here, but when we come back, we're going to ask John about how he went from um, just just going from this dream to actually creating an informational product or a book. Some people may not be authors. They may not want to write a book, but that doesn't mean they can't create an informational product. So we're going to talk about that as soon as we come back. So don't go away. Hey, Jenna, have you seen the TV show Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod on Channel 99? OMG, I love that show. It's with Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. 
She's an international best-selling author and Lori Boyle, the CEO of Lori Boyle Media. Right. They're hosting a personal development seminar, Retreat for the Soul. It's about your dreams, meditation, healing, and the subconscious mind. Ooh. It sounds fun. And rejuvenating. Let's go. Where do we sign up? Their website, wickedhouselivesoncapecod.com. Did you know that you can use your own radio show to promote your business and become a celebrity in your area or industry? Do you have a great idea for a radio show or a passion that you would like to share with other like-minded people? The Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod Radio and TV hosts Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis and Lori Boyle will show you how. Go to wickedhousewivesoncapecod.com. Do you have a great story to tell or do you want to write your memoir? Best-selling author Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis and Lori Boyle, CEO of Lori Boyle Media, are the hosts of the Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod TV and radio shows. Join their Writer's Workshop Intensive to get writing and get published. Go to wickedhousewivesoncapecod.com. So welcome back, everyone. If you're just tuning into the show, we have a great guest with us tonight, John Robinson. And he is the author of Birding for Everyone and also Encouraging People of Color to Become Bird Watchers. He's worked as a wildlife biologist, and uh, he's done that for nearly 30 years. Just before the break, we talked about how you can turn your idea from just a passion uh, around birds into a business. And now we are going to talk about how to create an informational product. But before we do that, we do have another caller on the line, John. So let's see if we can get this one on and uh, maybe uh, chat with him for a second. Absolutely. Hello, 310, you are on the show live. Hello? Well, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's it's the radio station or if if people hello? are... Hello? Can uh, you hear me? There hello? she is. Oh, yes. great. Hi. What's your name? You're live on the show? Uh, my name is Lisa, and... Um, I my question is how did um how did John get into bird watching in in the first place what sparked his interest in that Um that would be great uh, the short answer is I took an ornithology course and realized that I knew so little about birds uh that I just um was astounded by how many there were and how little I knew so it was almost like a challenge that I wanted to find out about them that's the short answer. The long answer is in the sixth grade, my library teacher noticed that I didn't read any books. And she <laughs> came up to me one day and she said, John, why are you not reading any of the books here in our library? And I said, well, none of these books interest me. And she says, well, what does interest you? And I told her about the spiders, the crayfish, and the butterflies in my backyard that I like to chase. So she went over to the bookshelf with a smile because she knew she had me at that point. And she took a book off the shelf and gave it to me and said, here, read this. And that was Jack London's Call of the Wild, which I talked about on the first part of the show. That's Mm -hmm. what got me connected to nature was Jack London's Call of the Wild. And for the next uh, about 12 years, I wanted to be a biologist, study wolves, and live in Alaska until I took that ornithology class. And then I just took a slight detour. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, great. That That sounds wonderful. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Do you have another question for him? Um, Yes, actually, I do. You also do tours? You're a tour guide? 
as well? Yes. Uh, yeah, we have done tours all over the world, mostly to South Africa and throughout the United States, uh, even up into Canada. Oh, wow. When is your next tour? What are you going to do? Uh, we will probably go back to Tennessee next May. Um, Tennessee is, I actually wrote the book on the birds of Tennessee. So every few years, I like to take groups there. And we actually study the migrating warblers and we help people learn not only how to identify warblers by sight, but also by sound, how to identify their songs. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. And what what makes them look a little bit different than than all the other birds out there, John? Well, they're they're actually quite colorful. Um, But what makes warblers such a challenge, you know, warblers can be an identification challenge because the males can be very colorful, but the females may be a dollar and not look as colorful. So you have to know how to recognize the plumage of both the male and the female to really be successful at identifying them. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, caller, thank you so much for calling in. And if anybody else is interested in asking a question, uh, give us a call at 646-929-1546. And I think our other caller is just listening, doesn't really have a question. So that's fine. You can call in and listen, and uh, we're happy that you're here. So, John, in in our, our last eight minutes of the show, and it does go so quickly at the end, since we do have a lot of people uh, tuning in now, can you tell them how to find you or connect with you or find your books? Yeah, the easiest way to connect with me will be at On My Mountain. So that's O-N-M-Y Mountain, all spelled out. Dot com on my mountain dot com forward slash press page p r e s s p a g e great so now getting back to what we were talking about just before we went to the break um, how do you go about creating an information product or a book do you do you have a recipe for that or some way that that people can follow that. Yes, and uh, the the most important reason why we're even talking about this is what you open yourself up to just by following this recipe. So right before the break, I said when I was in college, I thought I will never be a computer programmer, and then when I finally got into business, I realized I had to be a computer programmer (laughs) if I was going to do what I really wanted to do. So I had to push through that self-image And so you have to have the desire to go there. And once you do, you will open up this thing that we call the law of attraction. Just because I wrote my book, now the National Audubon Society and Toyota wanted to work with me. And that was an $11,000 grant that came to me to finish my book and do the work that I'm currently doing today. So there is a recipe on how to create books, but I wanted people to understand why we even talk about it because you don't know how much success and money and other things that can come to you if you follow this recipe. So I wanted to lay the background for why we are talking about it. The way that we go about writing a book is very simple. You want to identify your three greatest skill sets. That's step number one. Once you identify your three greatest skill sets, you can go on to step number two, which is to find the value potential in those skills. So what's the value potential in those skills? And you want to 
write out, you know, describe what that value is. With those two steps done, you're ready to go to step three, which is to create an information product around that value. Again, you want to create an information product around that value. Now, this could be a book. It could be a webinar. It could be an audio CD. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a book. But once that information product is done, then you want to turn that information product into unlimited or what we call multiple streams of revenue. And that's the four-step recipe for writing a book and making it turn into a success for your business. And so how did you or how would someone listening, let's say they follow your steps, how would they then take their book or or their their product and turn it into a successful professional speaking career like you've done? How would they do that? How would they go to that next step? Well, I think there's a lot of opportunities, um, and we do like to look at it on a case-by-case basis. But some of the consistent things and strategies that we see uh, many of the times, and I've been a business coach, so I've seen them. But you, the first thing you want to do is look for someone who's already doing what you want to do and is already successful. And mm-hmm. although you might think of them, oh, they're my competition, Don't be afraid to call them up, introduce yourself, and let them know that you are just getting started in that same field and ask them if they have 30 minutes to spare to give you a few tips on success. How did they get started? How did they create their own success? What you'll find is that successful people love to help others who are just starting in their field. Um, It's counterintuitive thinking, but again and again, I see that people are willing to share. Another thing that I see is creating a press kit. As an author, you definitely want to have a press kit and you want to leverage it, get it out there, and send it to as many uh, uh, TV stations, magazines uh, as possible so that people can start uh, reading it and perhaps interviewing you. Um, Also, you want to set a budget for a PR campaign. It's, you know, set whatever you, you want to spend, but spend it wisely and then follow up on it. We're currently sitting right now in the year 2015. I ran my PR campaign in 2008, and I'm still getting business from the results of that PR campaign that I ran seven years ago. That underscores the importance of being willing to spend some money on a PR cam- campaign. Follow up, follow up, follow up with all the leads, um, and always have a platform. Always have a platform that uh, allows you to talk about what it is that you do. I help connect inner city kids to nature and the outdoors. I do that in five different ways. Those five different ways have been my platform for the last nine years. That's what I do when I get up on, on stage. I talk about those five different strategies. And then as you move around the country, you know, depending on the situation that you're in, you always want to have two or three prepared speeches ready to go that you've practiced over and over and over again. And those speeches should be ready to go at a moment's notice. And again, practice, practice, practice. <laughs> that's, that's the secret to success. Oh, and those, those are some great 
tips for us and and you know it's amazing how you you invested in that PR campaign so many people are confused by that um they think they have to spend uh, thousands and thousands and thousands but like you said choose your budget well i want to thank you so much john robinson for for spending this time with us today and sharing uh your stories about the birds and then also showing us how to take that incredible hobby and turn it into a business it it can be done we're actually down to our last uh 30 seconds so i'm going to give you the last uh, few moments that we have together with our listeners what is the one thing that you want to leave them with well i think it's you know number one if in try to invest some time connecting yourself to nature and the outdoors this fall so um, there's going to be a lot of birds migrating, and uh, I hope that everyone will get out there and look at the birds and get involved with nature. But the other thing that I would say is if you have a business idea, if you have an entrepreneurial thought, hold your vision, never let anyone tell you that you can't do it, and go forth and conquer. Great advice to our listeners. So thank you again for joining us, John Robinson. We look forward to having you on our program again. And all of our listeners tonight, be sure to tune in again next Wednesday when I am going to have Superwoman's Quick Guide to Fulfillment. We're going to have an incredible show. You don't want to miss it. So thanks again for joining us tonight. And one more thanks to John Robinson for coming in and sharing all this great information with us. And look for your birds out your back window, and when you do, don't forget to say thank you to John, to the universe. He'll get it in his dreams. Thank you for tuning in to the Kathleen O'Keefe Canada Show. If you would like to comment or have an idea for the show or have a question for Kat or one of her guests, please visit her on Facebook at Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. This show and previous shows are archived on Blog Talk Radio, accessible from survivingcancerland.com, and accessyourinnerguide.com. Join us again next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Until then, have a great week.